Let me tell you a quick story about perfection. I wrote and published a book in 2017, the Bold Business Book. And it's interesting because one, you can't make a whole lot of money publishing books, but it's still kind of fun. I'm telling people like, hey, I wrote a book, and they're like, oh my gosh, I wrote a book. And I usually say, that's great, what's the name of it? I'll buy it. And then that's usually followed with, oh, I never published it. And I would quiz them a little bit, because I'm like, it's not really that hard to publish a book. Decades ago, or even five years ago, it was much more difficult to publish a book. Now you pretty much just click send. Anyways, so I talked to people, and what I'd learned was they felt that it wasn't good enough, that they had not achieved perfection with the book. And what's interesting is I never thought that I achieved perfection with the book, my own book. I did believe that I came awfully close, or at least based on the bills from the editors, I felt like I came very close. But a book is one of those things that I feel like you could constantly send it to the editor, and there will never come a time where you don't have any red little squiggly lines somewhere in the book. Last time I said that it was good enough, I think I came back with five or six little squiggly lines. We fixed those, and you just click send. Plus, we're in the digital age where books are print on demand, so if I ever needed to tweak anything, I could. Then I just click send again, and no one needs to know, be known the wiser. But anyways, what is stopping people in this instance, or in those instances, I should say, was pursuing perfection with the goal of actually achieving it. This is Diary of a Worthy Pursuit. How to get what you truly want in life and business. And today we're talking about how to overcome perfection. I think this uh, is something that all of us have in our minds is this, this bar that we have to achieve. And it shows up in so many places in life. Yeah. Um, you know, it certainly shows up, I want to be the perfect parent. Mm. I want, how do I be a better or perfect partner? Um, how can I look perfect for a video shoot? Um, <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> but also in business. Right. Um, how is perfectionism shown up in your business? Oh my gosh. It's one of those things that we, I have to constantly tell my crew, we are pursuing perfection. That is our goal, but we are unlikely ever going to achieve it. Mm -hmm. Because to say that you cannot improve upon something, it's just, it's not going to happen. Or it's going to be so rare that to, to expect that we can't push out this product or service until we achieve it, it's just not going to happen. I feel like uh, Silicon Valley has taken that. You could probably argue pretty strongly too far. Were they just like, good enough, send it? What do they call it? Minimum, Minimum viable, viable product? product yeah. yeah. It's one of those like, a light comes on when we turn it on, we think it works. MVP takes on a whole different level when you think Silicon Valley than like NBA. Right, <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I suppose in the NBA, it's more like you are as close to perfection as we right, can get. Right, exactly. Statistically, whatever, and in Silicon Valley, it just means good enough. It fits mm -hmm. in the box. We'll right. Send it. But I think that that's really interesting because there is this whole range of of where people have a comfort level. You know, do I do I ship it because it works, mm -hmm. or does it have to be perfect and what everyone's going to love? And if it's not perfect and what everyone's going to love, this becomes a hurdle for people because maybe we're worried about what other people are going to think. Mm -hmm. Maybe we're worried that, oh, it's just not quite ready. If I spend maybe another week or another month tweaking it, then it's going to be at this place where people will love it. And the reality, to your point, is any piece of business or life should be an evolution. Right. If, if we were done 
then we'd probably be done on this earth, right? We're, we're meant to continue to learn and improve and evolve. Constant. But I think we forget that. We just have such a high bar. That's true. I was listening to the biography of Leonardo da Vinci. Oh, interesting. And he got in a lot of trouble because he would get commissioned for an art piece and he would never finish it because in his mind, it wasn't done. And a lot of times people, are, they give him whatever the base Mm -hmm. And then he gets another chunk of cash when it's done. And years would go by, and he's like, not quite. And he'd spend uh, either hours or days and then apply one little stroke and then come back to it later. Because in his mind, he was just so much striving per for perfection. In the end, these guys are like, we just want an art piece. Right. Granted, a super cool art piece, that's why we're hiring you. But that was one of his, uh, I guess you'd call it, I don't want to say downfall, but maybe one of his negative attributes to a point. I guess you're the guy paying for the commission. Right, exactly. But it's good to know that we're all in good company, right? Even yeah, right. Even <laughs> Da Vinci has this perfection bone in his body. So mm -hmm. we're going to talk about today ways to help you overcome that perfectionism. So the first is really just to to take a pulse and understand your relationship with perfection. Um, I know mine is high. We were talking earlier, I started my business last year, and uh, one of the first questions that you get when you start a business is, oh, where can I find you? What's your website? And <laughs> even with marketing background, I was like, well, it's not done yet. And it has been my Achilles heel because as a marketer, I want it to be perfect. I want it to speak to my prospects in just the right way, hit just the right problems with just the right message. And it has been a struggle for me because I have that background because I could continually tweak it. It will never be good enough for me because ah. I want it to say everything it needs to say when it goes out to the world. When in reality, when I hit publish on that website, no one's going to automatically open that website. It's not like the clouds are going to open. I'm going to be driven millions of hits of traffic. Instantly. Right. I mean, if only it worked that way. Right. <laughs> but um, so I know that my relationship with perfectionism in business is something that I really struggle with. And it's um, so much so, in fact, that this year my theme is imperfect action, that I just need uh -huh. to take an action. I just need to take a step because it is a huge struggle with me. Um, have, what's your relationship with perfectionism? I have to tell myself on a pretty regular level that perfection is good enough's worst enemy. That's a great quote. So it's one of those where if this will do, mm -hmm. then why do we have to strive anymore? Right. Good enough will accomplish the goal. Right. Whatever that goal is, right? I mean, you could even take a look at a coffee mug, right? If you really studied this, you could probably find some errors in it. I don't know. Maybe. And it's a pretty good looking coffee mug. Yeah, right? But in the end, like, is it perfect? It's good enough. Right. It's totally good enough. So, and because of that, we have coffee mugs. Where if we, we do. Pursue, how many coffee mugs that were not, in our mind, perfect, would we have if we're like, we need the perfect coffee mug? Mm -hmm. We'd have buckets of them, broken coffee mugs that were just like, <laughs> not good enough. Exactly. The orange is the wrong orange or whatever. Mm -hmm. Where you could constantly break something down. Absolutely. And then you're spending your time going after that when you're not actually accomplishing the goal that you were initially after that good enough would be help you attain. Right. Well, and I also think it's that idea of as business owners or entrepreneurs, we likely start our business because we think we can do something better mm -hmm. than someone else out there. I mean, that happens happens a lot in speaking. Like I watch someone speak, I'm like, this guy's getting paid to speak. Right. I could do that. Oh, yeah. You know, not that I'm full of myself. But I think it's one of those situations where 
we just we always want to do it a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Oh, this could be done a little bit better. But I think that there there just needs to be this understanding of it's not going to be perfect. It, at least in our eyes, maybe someone else will think it is, and and that perception is great. That's their truth. But for us, there's always going to be one little thing that we can change. Right? Or does it need to be perfect? Well, is there even a need? That is a great point. So I think a lot of things that we create in business aren't meant to be finished and left there. Mm -hmm. You know, when I was working working in a marketing firm, one of the things that we said was one of the best things about your website is you can change it. You just log in, you make a quick change, and boom, it's live. It's done. The The turnaround time on a change is so fast. Right. So why do we feel the need for it to be perfect? That's a great question. I don't know. I suppose we want to, we're showing the world yeah. that we have skills, but it's also, we live in, a, in an age where stuff can be tweaked and changed, mm -hmm. and our attention span is so short. Right. Where it's not like yellow pages where if you mess up that ad, well, it's wrong for a year. <laughs> it's stuck for a year, <laughs> right, exactly. We're on the website, it's, yeah, make the change today, we'll make the change in 10 minutes, we'll do mm -hmm. it again, and it's constantly, you can constantly be shifting. Right. Plus, I don't know if we even know, like, how we define perfect at this moment may be different how we define perfect tomorrow. Well, I think that that brings up our, our next point, which is really helpful in that we need to keep our eye on the goal. And that's how we, the next step to overcoming this, because what is perfect for me today might be different tomorrow based on how I want to serve the people I'm serving. Mm -hmm. So in my business, I have to keep in mind who my ideal clients are, what's the problem I'm trying to solve for them, and then how do I deliver that? But after working with, you know, another 20 clients, I might decide that I only want to work with this subset. And so now everything that I've done is going to be shifted and changed and rewritten to talk to these people. Mm -hmm. So the goal is just to attract the right kind of client. It's not necessarily perfect because it's not going to be perfect for everyone. Not everyone is coming from the right place and not everyone's the perfect client. Yeah. I think of our, the call answering service that I have. Mm -hmm. Our idea of perfect on a phone call is going to be different than the caller's idea of perfect on a phone call, mm. and is going to be different than our client's perception of perfect on a phone call. Because client's point of view is make that phone call as short as possible, but still accomplish the goal. Right. Right. Schedule the client or get the client to pay, whatever. Mm -hmm. And ours is, did we make that client, that caller feel good when they hang up the phone? And the caller wants to know that they got a voice, that they got their problem solved, whatever. So those, there's, I guess, like a Venn diagram, yeah. where in the middle, we get that perfection in that little section. Sweet spot. But we didn't necessarily fill everyone's cup with perfection. Mm. But we did fill everyone's cup with good enough. Right. Leaning and I, towards the client, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so they stay. But I think that this, this goal is, for a lot of times, mm -hmm. just done. Just get it shipped. I think there's a Seth Godin book that talks about just ship it, especially in, with creative work. If you're in a creative line of work where you're writing or you're, um, I don't know, you're serving people in certain ways, creative work is really hard because you have to be in a certain brain space mm -hmm. to do that work. And you always think, well, maybe my light bulb moment will come tomorrow. So I just need one more day. But it's the idea of like, you need to put it down and ship the work. Right. The ship, you know, and whatever shipping means, done. Mm -hmm. It needs to be done because no one can experience it if it's not done and published and out in the world like a book. Right. Well, it's perfect right there. Right. If it's not done, 
and you're aiming for perfection, no one knows that it exists. Right. So if you're trying to sell something that's not out there, you're not going to make a whole lot of money. Yeah, nor can you help anyone. Right. You know, even your, even the 50% of mm -hmm. what you know is better than what likely the people that you're serving don't have. So right. your 50% is better than their 0%, and then you can grow that as you go. Totally true. Um, but I think we sometimes miss that, or we forget it, that we're here to serve the people that we, you know, we started our business for, mm -hmm. and not to not make our, not that we're all ego driven and want to make ourselves look good, but well, it's this bit. idea. <laughs> I mean, it's such a business. Still in here. So. Right, right. I mean, yeah, you have to have some ego. Otherwise, if you don't, then who believes in you? Right. Well, that goes back to confidence, <laughs> right. right? That we've talked about. Nobody. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because I think of the four hour work week mm -hmm. book by Tim Ferriss. Yeah. He talks about, he calls it a muse which is just this product that you're selling to make all your money. And he was having people, in this book, he's talking about putting out uh, essentially a web page or the product on eBay before you even have the product to see if anyone actually buys it. Right. And then he's got little scripts where if people do buy it but not enough people buy it, which you can tell them to be like, hey, it didn't work out, it's not going to ship kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then if a lot of people do buy it, then you go to the manufacturer and get it made. So they're going for, uh, I would barely even say they're going for good enough. But the idea is that they're essentially A-B testing right. the marketing before they even have the product. Isn't Which to crazy? me, I was like, oh. I know, it makes chances. me a little, it makes all of us perfectionists a little squeamish. Yeah, like, I, don't oh, I don't know. But on the flip side, if you can imagine, I think one of the examples was the sailor shirt thing. Okay. So imagine, let's you go to the manufacturer and you're like, I need 5,000 sailor shirts. And then you have them, and you put the, the marketing piece out there, and then no one buys them. Right. Now you're stuck, well, I'm going the opposite direction. Uh -huh. what, what, what am I going to do with all these shirts? Right. Yeah, so it's interesting, I guess, how a lot of that, and I guess he's a Silicon Valley person, how you're just aiming for good enough, and then, I, I shouldn't say that. You're aiming for perfection, but you're putting it out there at the point that it's good enough. Mm -hmm. Arguably, maybe even... Kind Before. Of <laughs> yeah. Before it's good enough. Ish. But gauging interest, I think, yeah. is really interesting in that point. And so, yeah, there's no way you're going to get perfect because you're just trying to see what people are interested right. in. Right. So you brought up Tim Ferriss. He's got another book called The 4-Hour Body, I okay. think. Yep. Um, and not that I've read it, but I think the concept is really interesting and, like, just doing enough. So... Um, there's another book that just came out that's talking about, I can't remember the title, of course. Oh, it's a Dave Asprey book, okay. The Bulletproof Coffee Guy. Oh. Um, but talking about I'm not familiar. doing more in, um, doing more workouts doesn't mean that that's going to give you the perfect body. In fact, you can uh, totally exhaust your body sure. and actually do more harm than good if you continue just to push, push, push forward mm -hmm. and never be done with a workout. I mean, you can't sit at the gym for four hours and continue to push. So uh, Dave's whole piece in this is what is, what's good enough? How can you push your body right. just far enough and then rest so your body reaps the benefits of that rather than, you know, trying to push, push, push like an endurance athlete pushes mm -hmm. and then never giving your body time, right? So if we have this image of our goal being the perfect body mm -hmm. and we want to have the perfect workout strategy, it might be less than we think. Oh, interesting. Yeah. You know, you mentioned the perfect body. That's kind of one of those things, like, is that even achievable? Oh, that's a great point. From, I think, like, 
you look at a model or something like that. Yeah. And in a certain pose, maybe you're like, in that moment in time, that person looks like they have the perfect body. Right. Maybe with Photoshop. And stuff <laughs> sure. like that, right? But then if you see them in a different light, you're like, oh, what in the world is going on? Well, I think I, this comes back to your relationship with perfection, but everyone's perception of the perfect body is different. I was just <laughs> traveling on a golf cart with my husband and we see this beer ad and I'm like, oh my gosh, look, that is a woman who she wasn't super skinny. She, you know, it looked like she'd had a couple of babies. She was proud of her hips. She was proud of her body and her belly and all the things and she's in a beer ad. And so I thought, how cool is that, that she doesn't have the perfect body and we're showing women that this is, you know, that this is acceptable, that this is okay. So I make that comment. But what my husband said back to me was so interesting. He's like, why do women feel like you need to be perfect to be in an ad? Oh. And I, I thought, well, that's a great point. But mm -hmm. also what he thinks perfection of a woman in an ad is, and maybe he doesn't even care, and what mine is are totally different. All right. So this idea that you know, we're going to hit this bar when the bar is different or moving for everyone is just exhausting. Right. Or unachievable. Exactly. So you're constantly striving for something that's not achievable. In the end, what would happen if you actually achieve that goal? Well, I would assume, like I do with many other things, as high achievers, then you just move on to the next thing. Sure. Right? So, or... In the case of a perfect body... Or the bar gets higher. You're going to age. You're going <laughs> right? to age. Whether you want to or not. <laughs> That's a tough one, right? It is. It is a fair one because then perfect will be different for you. Per what perfect looks like at 40 or at 50 or 70 mm -hmm. are all different. Totally. Yeah. So that brings us to our third point here, which is aim for perfection, but don't expect it. Mm-hmm. That's tough. It is. It's tough. It's, with my employees, I'm constantly telling them, this is our goal, mm -hmm. but we can make mistakes. The interesting thing is, and I just had this conversation with one of my employees uh, two days ago. Um, I told her, we need to make smarter mistakes. Because she mm -hmm. had made a mistake that I, that I considered a dumb mistake. And it was one of those, like, she fumbled the phone number. And I'm like, we're smarter than that, right? The phone number had an extra digit. So it wasn't like the numbers were, were mixed up or anything mm -hmm. like that. Like, it didn't even look like a phone number. I'm like, we can make mistakes, right? On our way. Totally get it. But we should make ones that are better than this. Because this is, this is a B-team mistake. And it took her a little while to be like, okay, you're right, <laughs> kind of thing. But just, like, back up a step. Take the time to look at the work you've done and say, like, is this, I don't want to say good enough, but in the end, <laughs> is it good enough right. from a practical point of view? And then send away. Right. But when we're constantly expecting perfection or aiming for perfection and knowing that we can't achieve it, and so we're allowing ourselves to make mistakes, it's kind of a tight line to walk. It is a tight line. I, uh, I have a friend who's in the music business in mm -hmm. Nashville. Oh, and nice. So she went down there to be a songwriter and to get into music like I know a lot of folks do when they go to Nashville. But it's interesting because I was talking to her and she has this, these songs that she's written and that she's recorded, but she's not ready to release them yet. She oh. doesn't think that it's good enough All right. yet. So it's this idea of, again, it's a creative field. Mm -hmm. And she feels like if we just tweak, tweak this, or maybe it's this drum track, or maybe we're going to try to change this little thing. I'm not a musician, so I don't know how all these right. things fit together. <laughs> but what I think is interesting is that 
in her pursuit of perfection, mm -hmm. she is, you know, again, withholding ah. that, that gift to the rest of the world because she's extremely talented. Um, and I think that she, you know, we get a little better about this as we go. Mm -hmm. The more things that we ship that we didn't think were good enough, we get better about shipping as good enough. Yeah, I wonder in this case, here's an interesting point, because I wonder if she's treating that like it's not good enough as essentially saying that's why I haven't released it yet. Mm -hmm. She can hide behind that as an excuse, yeah. saying it's not, it's not done yet, right. it's not perfect, and therefore it's not out and people can't criticize me. I think that's a, a lot of it too. I think there's a certainly a self-preservation mm -hmm. to perfection and, and withholding yeah. some of that. Uh, but I think I mentioned this in another episode, but again, this quote just resonated with me so much. It's that idea of how dare we withhold the value that we have to share mm. because we don't feel it's perfect. Right. Because again, what we got into business to serve people, to make a difference, and what we know is going to change their life. But whatever level we're at, right. we'll still make a difference. Right. So, you know, if you're pour pouring your heart and soul into songs and people really connect with music, it's interesting that like, you could change someone's life with that one song. Totally. But you're, you're just not quite there yet. Yeah. I think of, I guess, going back to music. Yeah. If you think of any one hit wonder band. Oh. Right, if they ever put, they put out an album mm -hmm. and there was one good song on it. Right. And the rest of them were just, filler tracks or <laughs> so songs that maybe they thought were good enough, but right. apparently no one really picked up on them. But they're known and they've probably made a very good living off of that one song. Right. So the rule that I've heard is you only have to be right once. Oh, that's extremely helpful. So what if we all live by that? <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, you only have to get it right once. I love that. Yeah, it's pretty cool because then it's liberating. Because if is. you put something out and it doesn't do what you expected it to do, right, you still got that one. one great thing that yeah. you did. Just Keep do trying. it again. Keep trying. Yeah, exactly. I um, wasn't there a car that you said that kind of followed this idea, like yeah, aim Alexis, for relentless pursuit of perfection. I love that pursuit, mm -hmm. pursuit of perfection. Relentless, right? Yeah. They never stop because they know that they won't ever actually achieve it. Right. Well, and if they did, then all the other car companies will go out of business, right? Well, yeah, it's one of those, like, what do we do car? now? Yeah, right. And they're perfect, let's say, in whatever, whatever, we're 2023 now, so let's just say perfect car today. Your idea of a perfect car versus my idea of a perfect car, two different things. Right. And your idea of a perfect car in 2023 versus your idea of a perfect car in 2030, constantly evolving. Right. Right, whether that's electric or flying or... I whatever. was just thinking, or carbon emission efficient, or whatever yeah, it might or be. Maybe, maybe we got teleportation figured out so cars aren't even a thing. Oh, beam me up, Scotty, yeah, right. for that day. <laughs> <laughs> so we're just like, what do we do now? We have the perfect car that no one wants to drive. I know. Yeah, that, that's tough. Well, and I also think that that's why, it, on the flip side of this, if we aim for perfection, but then think we've reached it, mm -hmm. then we stop trying to optimize ah, and grow. Mm -hmm. So again, going back to the website, if I publish a website and say, oh, that thing's done, I don't need to touch it, and a year or two goes down the road, that thing might be out of date. That might not appeal to people anymore. Right. So this change in perspective from perfection to evolution, mm -hmm. I think is a really helpful way to move beyond this, this obsession. Right. Can I quiz you a little bit about your website? Oh, please. Right? Okay. 
So website has a goal. Yes. What's the goal? Uh, to schedule the discovery call with me to learn more about my programs. Okay. So if you had one page on your website and it was just a scheduling thing, mm -hmm. would that be good enough? For now, yes. Okay. For now. I like it. Mm -hmm. All right. Is that up there? It is. Okay. It is <laughs> nice. up. That is up. All right. And then what would be the other goal? Or would there be any other goals? Or yeah. Is that well, it? I think that that's a great point. So keeping my goals in mind, there's, there's a baseline. Mm -hmm. Just someone's got to be able to schedule. Someone's got to be able to get in contact with me in some way. Mm -hmm. And then the next step is, well, I should tell them a little bit more about my program so they want to schedule. Mm -hmm. So then there's a, a page that explains that. And maybe the next piece is, I want them to, to like, know, and trust me. So then there's a page about me. Mm -hmm. So there is, I think, again, as we think about evolution, there's what is the minimum viable product? Right. Schedule a call. Mm -hmm. And then the next piece is building upon what they need to trust to do business. But you don't have to take that first piece down to put right. the other ones up. Right. You build upon it. So you can have that good enough mm -hmm. initially. It sounds like you have that. Yes. And then just keep adding. Right. And you're adding little bits of good enough on mm -hmm. top of there. But initially, it's what what's good enough at this moment. Yeah. And then that can evolve and change as you add. You know what's interesting about that? Again, going back to shells, my kids reading about shells, minerals, and gems <laughs> right now. And we brought home some shells from a trip we just came back from. And if you think about uh, like a snail, they don't, my understanding, no one in science, like <laughs> call me out if I'm safe wrong. Safe place, safe Right. <laughs> but my understanding is at least with these conch um, animals in the, in the sea is that they don't ditch their shell. As they grow, they secrete something that adds to the edge of their shell. Uh -huh. So they take up more space within their shell as they grow. So what I think is interesting about that is they start this big. And then as they grow, they add a little more. And as they grow, they add a little more and a little oh, more wow. until, I mean, these things get huge. Yeah. And But they started like this. Huh. And so I think we all forget that we need to start somewhere and we can add on. Oh, my gosh. That's a great point. Yeah. I have so many people that I'm interviewing for jobs. Mm. And they ask, what is, tell me about room for growth. Right? Which is a great question. Right. Because you're looking at this as a career. Sure. And but I asked them, like, how soon are you expecting to grow? Mm -hmm. And they're like, a week. Oh, wow. Right? I want to be manager in a day kind of thing. Like, that's not how the world works, right? Mm -hmm. This is a ladder. There are rungs on the ladder. In the case of the business that I have, that's a very short ladder. But in Fortune 500 company, I mean, there could be stories upon stories upon sure. stories. That you're not going to be on the top on day one. But it's interesting how people have this perception that they're going to be right there on day one like no 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 you got to start out here and your next step that's your goal yeah and you're supposed to build upon your success and if you get to skip a few rungs because you do a good job great fine whatever mm -hmm. but expecting to jump from one to the end in one big loop or in one big step it's just not going to happen yeah do you think it's our perception of success and maybe our perception of perfection is different generationally so oh, maybe. what have you experienced? Because I guess when I think about career and folks who've started a business, I think of you know folks who've been in business longer. They tend to be okay because they've maybe because they've seen more failures and more steps and evolutions. Yeah. And I feel like the the folks who I've managed who are just out of college or things like that are a little bit more obsessed with perfection and maybe it's because their reputation's on the line but I wonder it's kind of the joke about the 10-year overnight success right <laughs> nobody sees <laughs> it like 
media-wise, you have this perception that, like, oh my, like Rihanna, right, yeah. got famous with the light switch. Mm -hmm. We don't know what she had to do before that. Right. Jeff Bezos with Amazon, right? Like, that wasn't the light switch. Mm -hmm. um, Elon Musk, like, all these famous people that are in the news a lot, we think, even Warren Buffett, right? Yeah. Oh, my gosh, he's so lucky. And how many times did he have to get it wrong? This guy's like 150 right. years old, or whatever he is, right? <laughs> right? Like, to assume that he just flipped a switch and all this magic happened for him? Right. And then, interesting, I want to talk about uh, perfection with Warren Buffett a little bit more. Because uh -huh. a lot of times I'll read, like I read his biography, um, might have been autobiography, Snowball? Okay. Something like that. And it's, his whole build upon his success is the, what the analogy goes for. He was a terrible dad. Oh, interesting. Terrible, because he was so devoted to the whole stock market and studying that thing. He had a story in there about he was studying the stock market during his kid's birthday party. He's upstairs reading charts mm. while everyone else is downstairs blowing out candles. Yeah. And so you're like, he's achieved perfection. Like, has he? Right. Maybe in one facet, but then sacrificed another very important right. facet. And then how, how many um, people from the outside looking in would make those same choices? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been Diary of a Worthy Pursuit, where we look at how to get what you want, truly, in life and in business.